Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Fellow teammates, never ever put limits on yourself. Never put a glass ceiling over your head. For those who don't know what a glass ceiling is, it's an imaginary thing that we put over our heads and we use as an excuse not to do the things that we need to be doing. Not to do the things that are make us that make us uncomfortable. Growing up, I was dedicated to a youth football organization named the Brick Shaney White Oak Warriors. Eventually, we became just the White Oak Warriors. Our last season as the Brick Shaney White Oak Warriors, I played for the team that was expected to bring this organization its first ever metropolitan area Super Bowl. We were the 85-pound team, coached by Bryant Davis. Coach Bryant! My man. And he delivered. He took us all the way to the Super Bowl that year. Now, the day of the game, because this was the playoffs, we as players had to weigh in before the game to make sure everyone was the correct weight. Now, back then, I was a really skinny kid, and there was absolutely zero concerns about me ever being too heavy and not being allowed to play in the game. Now, when I walked out, when I walked out the room that they, play, that they weighed us in, I looked back, and I saw two of my teammates who were a year older than me, Mike and Akeem, and I just saw them crying, crying their eyes out. And immediately, I, could, I knew it could only mean one thing that they were too heavy and they weren't allowed to play in the game. I remember Mike's father, who was also one of the, one of the volunteer coaches or one of the assistant coaches, I remember him grabbing Mike by the shoulder and just shoving him against the wall and just saying, man up, man up. And he's saying it with, with tears of anger coming down his face. That's how powerful the moment, that, and that's what this game is all about. It, it creates some father-son moments that are unforgettable. When it came time for Coach Bryant to address us for the first time after the situation had happened and we were all heartbroken for our brothers, our teammates, and they were two very important players in the, on the team. First thing Coach Bryant says to us, he says, adversity. Listen, fellow teammates, that was the first time I even heard the word. I didn't even know what the word meant until that moment. It was said with such power that right now, me and you could be having a conversation and you would say the word adversity to me and I'd have a, like a two-second flashback into that moment. That's how much power that moment really had. And at that point, Coach Bryant was a great coach. He wasn't a great black coach, wasn't a great white coach, wasn't a great blue coach, yellow coach, green coach, whatever it is. Coach Bryant was a great coach at that moment. And the reason I bring that up is because, especially after that game, 
whenever I would watch football at home, I'd watch, I'd watch a lot of football at home and I'd be with my mother and my father and we'd, we'd watch games on TV. And every time they would see a black coach on TV, my mother would say things like, look, he's opening up doors for you. You know, you need to be rooting for the black coach. Even, you know, I even had to hear that same thinking every time I got a haircut, fellow teammates. I, I had the same barber from second grade all the way until 27 when I decided to move to Florida, which is the only reason he's not still my barber. And he was Jamaican. My parents were from Trinidad. And it was the same kind of rhetoric. It's, I just go for the black coach no matter what. And, and he never played the game. He was a spectator. So all the time it's, I just go for the black coach, the black man, the black man. Let me go. That's <laughs> all I heard growing up. To the point where I, even, I chose, I played for a, a school in New York named Stony Brook University. I played football there. And the reason I decided to go to that school was because the coach that was recruiting me was a black coach. And he was the only black coach that I spoke to throughout the entire recruiting process. Now, once I finished college and it became time for me to pick a career, my mother's intuition was right. I wanted to be a football coach coming out of college. And the mistake that I was making as I was going about it is I was putting black coaches on a pedestal. I was giving them more credit than they actually deserved. They were, they, they were earning my respect when they didn't do anything to earn my respect. It's just because they were black coaches. To the point where I was very timid around white coaches. I never felt worthy enough to be on some white coach's staff. Because I, I figured he had a brother or an uncle or a dad that got him in the business. And I, I didn't think I would ever be, ever be qualified to be on that coach's staff. And I put a glass ceiling over myself, over my own head. Because I, I don't want you to think, I don't want you guys thinking I'm up here blaming my mother and my father and my barber for not getting to the places that I want to get in life. I want to make that very clear right now. This was Aswan's responsibility and it was Aswan's job to figure out how to move forward with Aswan's life. It wasn't their responsibility. So I'm not blaming them. I'm just letting you know this is what Aswan was doing to himself and this is why he's not a football coach right now. That things turned out, didn't turn out the way Aswan expected, it, expected them to turn out. Please, please write this down, fellow teammates. Please write this down. Today's reader is tomorrow's leader. Let me give you guys a second. I want you guys to really write this one down because it's what got me out of that kind of thinking. I started to create a little crack in my glass ceiling. Today's reader is tomorrow's leader. When I started to become a reader, like I said, my, my glass ceiling started to crack a little bit. Didn't officially break, but it started to crack. I came across a book written by Charles Barkley titled, I May Be Wrong, But I Doubt It. In this book, he tells a story about a black baby and a white baby. He says, you take a black baby, take a white baby, and you put them in a room together. They're just going to play around like absolutely nothing's wrong. Now let those two babies grow up and their head is filled with all this nonsense that adults tell them. All of a sudden, they're going to think it's a problem 
between a white person and a black person working together, or hanging out together, just doing whatever together. And I thought about my situation when I read that. And I said, am I becoming one of those adults that are going to fill up another kid's head, a baby's head, with nonsense about race and black and white and you're not worthy, you shouldn't be thinking about this? Am I going to become one of those adults? Am I going to become one of those bitter black men that, that didn't get to the places that he expected to be in life and is always blaming some white guy for why he's not where he wants to be? Well, I try to get a job, but the white man hold me back. Am I going to become one of those dudes? <laughs> in fact, you know, my sister has been to every last one of my youth league football games. Every one. I can't even remember a game that she missed. That's how involved my sister was. And the one thing she would tell me after every single game, she would say, Ozzy, and that was my nickname back then, she said, Ozzy, whatever you do, do not grow up and become one of those dudes that are at youth league football games talking about what you used to do. <laughs> because it annoys the hell out of us when we're, in the, when we're, watching, we're trying to watch you guys play. And I was heading in that direction. I was very close. November, I, th this is when it all actually changed for me. Now, like I said, the, my glass ceiling was cracked. It wasn't officially broken yet, but it was cracked. This is when it actually broke. When I actually broke my glass ceiling was November of 2019. I went to an event at American Airlines Arena named Unleash the Power Within, hosted by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tony Robbins. Yes, Mr. Motivation, the guru, the, the man that has the answer to everything. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was a fan of Tony Robbins, but I wasn't a diehard, like, obsessed, psycho, everything Tony does, I do type of a fan. I was just a fan. I just read one of his books. Now, when I was at the event, I met so many of his psychotic fans, and a lot of them were telling me that of all the things that Tony Robbins is, you know, he's a motivational speaker, he's an entrepreneur, he's a philanthropist, you name, that's what he does everything. They said, you know, what he really is, is a coach. That's his official title. Fellow teammates, the second I heard that, it's like I took this glass ceiling from over my head and I just shattered it. I broke it. It was gone. Because I had realized coaching is more than just about being about football. It's more than just being about a football coach. More than just barking orders at someone on the field. Coaching is way more than that. And I realized how small I had been thinking. I went right back to being 12 years old and seeing two of my teammates not being able to play in the game and listening to my coach say adversity. And I realized that, that, that as one, I found out what as one's supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be a coach, but you're not just here to coach football. You're here to coach life. And I'll close with this. Fellow teammates, I want you guys to understand the importance of maximizing every moment. From here on out, if I didn't maximize every single moment, I wouldn't be able to stand up here today and tell you guys specifically what it is I want to do and how I'm going to do it.
write this down. Maximize the moment. I had to maximize the moment with Coach Bryant. I had to maximize the moments with my mother, my father, my barber. I had to maximize the moments in college. I had to maximize the moments when I was reading books. I had to maximize the moments when my sister was telling me things. I had to maximize the moment when I was, when I was in the Tony Robbins event. You never know which moment God is going to tell you specifically what you're supposed to be doing. If life is like adding up all those moments and then boom, it's like a math problem. I got my answer. Fellow teammates, as usual, I love you and continue to move swiftly. We'll talk more soon. I may be wrong, but I doubt it.